What is going on, Brothers of Discussion listeners? This is episode 20. That's right. 2-0. You're here with Fanboy Dave and Big Kev. Let's talk about what we love to talk about, and that's WWE, professional wrestling, sports entertainment. Yeah, let's, hey, let's get into it because I wanted to get your take on this. Um, this just happened uh, last night at a live event. Uh, police were called. Multiple fans were ejected after an incident with Scarlett uh, over a uh, house show. And basically what had happened, you know, Drew McIntyre took on Karrion Cross at the at the latest WWE live event. And, uh, of course, Cross is accompanied by Scarlett uh, Bordeaux uh, for his match. Uh, as you know, against the Scarlet, uh, against the Scottish warrior, um, that is of Drew McIntyre. But yeah, during the match, a fan threw a drink at Scarlet, and the latter, uh, understandably, seemed to piss her off. Uh, multiple fans, this is per Twitter, uh, somebody that was in the arena. Of course, it's his on articles now and online and things of that nature, but multiple fans were ejected from the live event following the incident, and the police were called. Of course, we don't know every single detail but we knew that someone threw a drink uh, at her during that match man what's your take on this because you know we go to the live events and you know it's all in fun i mean we're, we want we want to be there we want to have a good time but man i just i just disagree when people do this when they take it too far and throw stuff at the performers that are performing for you that you pay to go entertain go for it man yell you know mouth off to them have fun but when you physically even if I don't care what it is, when you physically throw something at them, that's a little too much, in my opinion. What's your thoughts on this? And and do you think that the fans definitely should have been ejected uh, and, uh, you know, carried out of the arena by security? Well, this is what I think. Anybody going to a sporting event, you know, whether it's professional wrestling, um, <clears throat> football, basketball, yes, you pay uh, – uh, sometimes a premier uh, value for a ticket or not. And yes, that does give you some rights, but at the end of the day, when you do something like that, so I don't know if Scarlett should be a little bit proud and still concerned because again, we don't condone, you know, any of fans to um, try to do harm to uh, someone in their profession. That's there to entertain us. She might do be doing so well with her characters that, it goes back to, and I know I'm a little bit older than you, but you're still an 80s baby, but back to the territorial days in the 80s or 70s where fans actually thought what was happening was real. Nowadays, we know it is not. You know that it's it's already predetermined, but then you just have fans that, you know, mouth off to these superstars and these superstars mouth off back and, you know, they get mad and throw in this beer and if it was a, a a man that did this, very unacceptable to especially do that to a woman. And and he is lucky that the police escorted this group because Karen Cross is a big dude, and you're disrespecting his his woman, who's also his manager. Like I wouldn't want uh, Karen Cross after me, but I do think de-escalate a situation, kicking out how many number of fans and. I'm not a fan of banning people for live, but then I do get it because there are things that um, have consequences. So at the same token, should they get a, a, a lifetime ban from WWE events? Maybe. I don't think some fans that do jump the rail and get beat up by a superstar should get 
banned for life because they just got a butt whooping that they weren't ready for. But at the end of the day, Scarlett is a woman and, and not a disrespectful woman. I'm sure she can fend for herself, but totally um, unacceptable for fans to do that, to basically also alter the show or stop it from continuing on. So definitely, I hope she does press charges on these fans because, uh, yeah, very unacceptable and disgusting uh, for fans to do that because you're there to be entertained um, and not be part of the storyline or to get followers on Twitter or any social media because that's what a lot of people want to do to make a reaction so they can get their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, you always have some nut doing this, and and it was a lady. It ended up being a lady throwing. It ended up being water, but still, you don't throw at a at a uh, performer like that. I mean, you don't go to the movies and throw stuff at the screen, or you don't really go to a concert. And you know, it's a pretty rare incident. But I'm with you. Back in the day, I mean, people would get their uh, tires slashed, and it was a good thing. The wrestlers loved it because they were like, "Man, we're really getting some heat on them. This is great." But as we evolve and time change and the sensitivity around everything going on in the world today, I mean, something as much as water can turn into, and I know this is extreme, but, you know, someone potentially pulling out a gun or pulling out a knife or, you know, that's just where we're at. And one thing that I uh, like that you said was when you do something like this, it stops the show and it ruins it for everybody, you know, because everyone's, you know, engaged or watching the match and then some moron does something like this and it just stops the match you know yeah i don't see anything about the fan being banned for life it just said that they were ejected out of the arena um which they should because it, it definitely you know cools the mood down for everybody to get back on the show um and then that way there's no heckling going on throughout the night with the same people because i'm sure they're all, they're fired up about some something i don't know what it was it didn't really say um why she did it just said that she did it and they definitely got ejected. So, uh, yeah. Any wild stories about when, have you been to an event where something like this has happened? No, but I do remember in college, um, I was a heckler, uh, cause they had like, um, some, you know, just indie promotion and they had a ring. And of course, you know, I've been WWE through and through. So way back. And then me and my boy, Robert were like yelling at each other, like, we'll take you in the ring while they were having a match. And of course, um, the wrestlers got mad at us because we basically hijacked their performance. And I was like, hey, dude, we better get out of here before we get beat <laughs> up. You know, because it was just, you know, they were doing it at the college and we were just wanted to get, we really wanted to get in the ring. But uh, hindsight seeing now back then, I mean, yeah, were we being disrespectful? Yes, but we were just wanted to get in the ring and try to make somebody laugh. But we were taken away from the show. So, man, I'm with you. Uh, I was just thinking with your comment too about, you know, if it was a man that threw this, I wouldn't want Karrion Cross to come after me and Drew McIntyre because remember back in the day when Triple H and Stone Cold were fighting overseas and a fan jumped in the ring and attacked Stone Cold, Triple H to help him out. Of course, he was a hill at the time and, and Stone Cold was kind of getting red hot. They helped each other out. So, one thing that when when I think about this type of stuff is I can't get out of my head when Bret Hart and Natalia were inducting her father into the Hall of Fame and the fan jumped the uh, the barricade, of course, and ran in and hit Bret Hart. And then all the boys, all the wrestlers, I mean, they stormed this guy. And one of the persons was Braun freaking Strowman. Who would, who would want and dare 
to attack, first of all, a legend like Brett, but then all of a sudden you see bronze fist swinging at you. Uh, yeah, no thanks, man. I'm not doing that. So, and of course, I know me and you, we would definitely not want to be banned for life uh, from WWE because that would no, that definitely would not. Well, just because you think about it, like in other sports, you know, the famous, um, you know, um, Ron Artest, when he's just laying down, that fan throws that and he goes into the stands and then you have Steven Jackson going up there too. And that's just what it becomes more dangerous because you can't control the atmosphere. So if you have three or four WWE superstars jump in the rail to go protect Scarlett, I mean, that's where it can get crazy. And, and yeah, so it's just one of those things that it's just fans enjoy the show, you know, mouth off back to them, but don't get upset if they mouth off back to you and say stuff, because I mean, that's what you're inviting. Like you're going to talk trash. They're going to talk trash back because they're in character. They're in heel. I mean, they may believe what they're saying to you, but you don't know that. And it's just, you got to keep your core and trash talking these WWE superstars. Um, you just got to know that it's all in fun and don't take it personal. If you, if you started it. Hey, speaking of Braun Strowman, you broke some news to me uh, just, you know, a few hours ago about Braun getting some heat, some major backstage heat amongst the boys and girls. You want to shed some light on this story? Yeah, so um, Braun, you know, I love him to death. I mean, he's a great athlete, shredded down, but he always has this thing. Like, I guess he has a VKM, Vincent Candy McMahon mentality. He is not a fan wrestlers that do flips and acrobatic stuff. Like to him, Braun is like, you know, I'm a powerhouse. I do the power moves and things like that. And you do flips and tricks and basically saying like, that's probably not a draw, but I mean, I have to disagree with uh, Braun because one of the biggest superstars that's even bigger than him does acrobatic stuff is uh Ray Mysterio and Brian didn't say anything about Ray, but I'm just saying that um we like uh these wrestlers that can do these unique things from the top rope or whatever. And I, I don't know what Braun's beef is with superstars that do uh flips and different acrobatic uh things in the ring. No, I'm with you. I, I feel like there's a time and place for everything on the card. And we talk about it all the time. Everyone likes different flavors of their ice cream and no different than wrestling. I disagree with Braun too. And maybe he's just hating because he can't do the flip flops and things of that nature, but it's definitely a purpose. Now I do agree in a sense, and this is maybe what he's saying. I don't want to put words in his mouth that there's too much of it. I would agree with that because if, again, if we saw that every single match, you know, you get the oohs and ahs, but eventually kind of you get sensitive, you know, um, to it um, and it's like okay I'm done with it but again I like the different flavors I think Braun is you know just speaking his mind which it's his opinion but at the end of the day people pay money to see that as well so yeah hopefully Braun can get that cleared up because you know you don't want to come back into the company doing that for sure no I mean they because they're giving them a push straight off the back but I can tell you Braun um, either was told or he was just like, man, I put my foot in my mouth because um, as I know today, he ha has taken down that tweet that he put on Twitter. Basically, he has not been on um, social media. So I don't know if WWE um, like mandate him like, bro, you need to stop. Or Braun was just like, OK, Triple H, 
let me this, let this be my mulligan. You know, I just need to focus on me, my character, and my reaction with the fans. I don't need to care about any other style of professional wrestler. And like, just handle your own business and everything will be fine. Because even though I don't like to talk about the other promotion, um, I saw a thing uh, where Jeff Jarrett, who's now over there in AEW, uh, took a shot at um, Strowman and basically calling him a clown. So, yeah, I saw that. But hopefully, Braun will learn from this because this is like a second time putting something uh, controversial when his first uh, run with WWE. And he got some heat on that too. And it's just like, dude, you're a star, man. Don't worry about it. People love you. The Braun Strowman Express, you got good merchandise sales. You got to yeah. stay in your lane. Yeah, so. and basically, Braun needs to be careful because Triple H is not Vince McMahon. Triple H understands uh, he can make a star out of mostly anybody, and uh, he is not in love with the big uh, men like Vince McMahon was. I'm sure Triple H and him talked, and I'm sure that this is Braun. If you screw up again, I don't care if we just resigned you, you're gone. Hey, one person that over the weekend, we're going to just kind of kind of go over the place, but we talked about this last week and your thoughts on CM Punk ending his contract. Doesn't look like he's moving back into the wrestling scene. He's back on commentary. And we talked about this and he would be fantastic. But it's not for wrestling. It's for the MMA. Uh, CM Punk returns to commentary for MMA promotion this past weekend, specifically with Cage Fury Fighting Championships event. I didn't see the show, but I did see that uh, he's back. Man, good for him. I'm glad he's been able to find some work. Um, it's probably a good thing, I think, Fanboy Dave, in this situation that he removes himself from wrestling for a minute um, because of how everything went down and transpired in AEW, that he went back to the MMA world because a lot of the MMA fans don't watch the WWE and AEW product and vice versa. Yeah, I, I saw a little clip of um, him doing commentary um, I think, yeah, he just needs a reset button. And, you know, um, like I've said before, I mean, he is good on the mic. I mean, he um, can do good things on the microphone. You know, as I talked about, I think he could be an asset for going to Orlando and helping the young talent uh, master their craft. But it's good to see that um, he uh, was able to do that. And it looks like uh, when I saw him doing the commentary a little bit, it looked like he's relieved that he's no longer over there in AEW where Tony Collins just lets um, the top brass also be his champions. Um, but that's for another podcast, um, not ours. But uh, yeah, so I think he's just relieved to be out of there and, you know, just be able to do something and uh, rehab and, get to go home to see AJ. Um, so I think it was a good move for him to go do that and um, see what happens in the future, maybe in 2023 for him. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, another thing I just kind of want to touch base and topic on is, is we get into the holidays, uh, had some note that WWE filmed their tribute for the troops episode this past Friday. Uh, there's a here's a little spoil alert. This will definitely be airing the week before Christmas, but they have three matches that were listed for the uh, tribute for the troops. It's uh, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Ricochet, and they defeated the Imperium. 
uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defeated Tamina and Emma. And then last but not least, speaking of Braun Strowman, he was on the show. It was Braun Strowman defeated LA Knight. Uh, that was kind of nice. It was actually Veterans Day this past Friday. They got to do the tributes for the, the tro- troop because it's kind of a two for one for the company. But again, it's always nice to see that this is still happening, even with Vince gone, that they still have this show circled on their calendar. Any thoughts on that? Do you have any um, family members in the military, ex-military? Uh, uh, my brother was in the Air Force, um, took him to the game yesterday. Um, but we had talked about at the beginning of the podcast, uh, the horns. I mean, uh, so he enjoyed it. And I took my other friend who was also in the Air Force from San Antonio. It's always uh, great uh, for us as people and then, you know, different organizations to uh, to give honor and thanks to the people that basically uh, put their lives on the line to let us do what we want to do as far as being a free uh, country and um, keeping us uh, safe. So definitely um, it's always good to uh, honor our veteran for their services to this great country. Yeah, no doubt. I have uh, family relatives, uh, brothers-in-laws and uncles that serve and uh, definitely uh, pay tribute to you guys for making the ultimate sacrifice. But yeah, that, that's what went down. Um, hey, you know what? I was watching SmackDown uh, this past Friday on uh, Fox, of course, and there was somebody that uh, we talk about highly of and entertaining, and the show just was kind of uh, a little bit down on on the comedic side. That's because Sami Zayn was not on the show. Of course, you broke the news to me that uh, there was some rumblings about uh, there might have been a passing in his family. And so hopefully if that's true, we definitely want to uh, throw out our condolences to Sami Zayn. Of course, that's not fun. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, hopefully we'll see him um, before um, Survivor Series War Games because rumor has it that there may be a bloodline match versus um, a team. I, it's just hearsay. But I know um, when we take our after we take our break, I know we're going to talk about Bobby Lashley. But did you see on Friday Night SmackDown that um, we had two returns? Friday Night SmackDown, one of my favorite wrestlers, the modern day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal, you know, because they are having their World Cup tournament. Um, and he fought Braun Strowman. And then, of course, which we saw the vignettes, but Sarah Logan, what did you think about her new look? I mean, some people are saying she's copying some other wrestler. I guess that was an indie wrestler. But, man, did the Viking Raiders and Sarah Logan do a number on um, Liddell Phantasma and um, Hit Row? Yeah, that was a vicious headbutt. She threw her up in the air and gave her a headbutt that looked like it would hurt. Like, you can hear the thud. And yeah, I like the look, man. It uh, definitely fits in with the Viking Raiders. I like the paint on her face. Yeah, man, it's kind of good to have her back. I'm a fan of uh, Jinder Mahal as well, especially when he came back, moving away from 3 and B and all that look, and he got jacked up and good look and everything. So uh, I'm a fan of Jinder Mahal too, so I'm happy to see him back. Um, I really enjoyed when he had that big push uh, when he did get back. Uh, of course, he was the WWE champion at the time. Uh, but yeah, let's let's take a quick break here, uh, Fanboy Dave. And when we get back, we got lots more to discuss, uh, including tomorrow's night on Raw. We have Seth and freaking Rollins taking on Finn Balor for the United States Championship match. And we'll talk about that and more when we get back. 
And we're back on Brothers of Discussion. And just before we went off on our break, uh, talked about Seth freaking Rollins, United States champion, uh, is going to be taking on Finn Balor this Monday Night Raw. And this makes a lot of sense because now we got Seth Rollins turning into a babyface last week. And Finn Balor, of course, is a hill. And the reason why this turned into what it was is because the almighty Bobby Lashley back in a hill role. Well, I got to stop you right there because I thought, because it looked like Bobby was a heel, but did you see the November 9th episode of WWE The Bump? I, I, I did. I did see a little bit of that. They were kind of talking about this. Yeah, so Bobby was on, uh, I'm sorry. See, I'm, I'm pulling the Kevin now. The almighty Lady. Bobby Lashley was on there. And basically, and I quote, he said um, he's operating with a new perspective now. He said, well, first of all, a lot of people kind of came to me and said, oh, Bobby is turning heel. There's no heel or baby saves. There's just action, Lashley said. I'm still a nice guy. I got a good smile, and I'm always going to be the same person. It just that it comes in time in this business that you just have to start taking what you want. It seems like the people that are on top have always took taken what they wanted. I've always been the nice guy that kind of sat back in the back and said, well, what do you need? I'm always that helpful person. And I'm always like, oh, I'll do that. It start, it's starting to get to the point where that doesn't really get what you want. Uh, it. Um, let me see. I lost my spot. I do apologize. He goes, uh, so I'm trying to take things on my own right now. I have, I I looked at it and a little birdie came to my ear and said, if you start taking things and beating people up, who's really going to stop you? Seth has the title right now. But if I come to Monday and just walk up to Seth and took that belt around his waist, is there really anything that he could do about it? So Bobby's saying he's not a heel or a face. He's saying, hey, I want that. I'm going to take it. And you're not going to stop me. I think it's going to be one of those situations where people enjoy the realness of, of Bobby Lashley in this, in the situation. But as of right now, he's, he's showing to be a hill, especially when you attack Seth freaking Rollins, who is a big fan favorite, whether really if he's a hill or not, when you do that, you're definitely going up against the WWE universe and you'll just turn to as a hill by default, but we'll see where this goes. Maybe just down the line. Cause Bobby's was good as a hill. But he's also good as a babyface. I thought he did a great job with his run, his stint recently as the as the title holder of the United States title. Something just popped into my mind. Tomorrow, and I'm going to see if I'm right, Seth Rollins is going to retain, but he's going to retain uh, via disqualification because I can see them doing a triple threat match at Survivor Series with Finn Balor, the Almighty, and Seth freaking Rollins. Now, you never know. I mean, they, they do call fanboy Dave quite a bit to pencil in some of the uh, creative there. So we'll have to see if that works out. So, yeah, Bobby Lashley turns turns hill, and we'll see where we go from here. Where do we go from here? I mean, we talked a little bit about Bobby Lashley and, and Seth freaking Rollins. One thing that I want to break up since we're on that topic is it's already been 10 years, 10 years since the Shield uh, came into WWE, of course, that was with Moxley. Now they call him Moxley. 
um, and Seth Rollins and, and Roman Reigns. Ten years already, fanboy Dave. Ten years since the Shield entered the WWE universe. What was it? Lima, Delta, something else. The Shield. Echo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And man, look where all their career, all their careers ended up. You know, we got all main eventers, of course, with John Moxley on the AEW as the champion over there. But again, he's the guy over there on that uh, station. And then you have, of course, Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, head of the table, head of the company. And of course, Seth Rollins is not too far behind him. Still one of the top, top players in the game for sure. Um, all three, very successful uh, but just wanted to bring that up. That's been kind of floating. The internet is the anniversary of the Shield. So you yeah, know. what a great faction! Uh, the Shield of Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, Seth freaking Rollins, and Roman Reigns. And what makes them so unique um, is that yes, um, all of them uh, were main, our main event players. Um, have been you know world champion uh, a few times. And to think that Roman Reigns is still our tribal chief, but Seth freaking Rollins has his number and Roman Reigns cannot beat him. I mean, that still shows the amazingness of Seth Rollins still being the architect and trying to solidify him as the number one person of the shield, which you can make an argument maybe for all three. I mean, some people may say, Set uh Dean Ambrose is the third, like quote CM Punk. Um, but um yeah, one A, you know, one B. I mean, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. I mean, uh, both of those guys could uh be the face of your company and lead it, you know, uh for the next generation. Um, so kudos 10 years. But what's also impressing, uh 10 years of being with the shield is now the bloodline, the Usos are your longest reigning undisputed WWE tag team champions after they beat the previous uh, undisputed uh, tag team champions, uh, the New Day on Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, beating Xavier Woods and Kofi, of course, after... The premium live event at Crown Jewel, the New Day wanted to be the next in line for that. And so they got it. We saw it on Friday Night SmackDown, and the Usos beat them again to retain the titles. And not only that, like you said, to beat the record holders and to become the new record of the longest reigning title holders. You know what I saw too? Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Coming back to Mania. He is in shape, he is waiting for a call. From Stephanie and Triple H, and he's ready to make that call because, as we know, Mania is in L.A. It's a two-night event. They need big names, and it's a two-night event. You need star power, and Stone Cold saying, hey, I'm ready. So when you get that call, he's going to be there. And why not? Why, If you were the WWE, why wouldn't you put Stone Cold Steve Austin on your card? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, L.A. Um, has the stigma of the who's of who's the people of people and, you know, speculation we have talked about is the match that everybody wants. Pennsylvania is the tribal chief Roman Reigns against the great one, the rock, the people's champion. Um, and to have 
also possibly stone cold on the card. Rock stone cold. Um, I mean, it's it's just amazing if that could come in fruition. Uh, to have uh, both of these marquee names at the greatest event in sports entertainment. Um, the only thing is, where would you put him? I mean, you know, the whole Kevin Owens story, it made sense because he was making fun of Texas and Stone Cold is a Texas rattlesnake. Um, who would you put him in there? Because, of course, Stone Cold is going to go over. I don't think he's going to put a young talent over. So uh, my question would be, who would you put against Stone Cold? Would you? I mean, he already stunned Austin Theory at WrestleMania. Do you put a Gunther or do you put um, uh, Drew McIntyre, a Braun Strowman or Omos? I mean, who would you put against Stone Cold if he is on the card? That's a very good question because, like, right now I can't think of one person. I do and can see maybe he's a tag team partner of somebody and maybe it's like a tornado tag and it's a brawl type deal. Cause again, I think even he said, you know, wrestling, he's done with that. So in some capacity, he's going to be there, whether it's going to be an interview promo, come out uh, first thing, whatever it is, as we get a little closer, maybe we can find somebody to pair him up with because, you know, you definitely, that will definitely sell tickets, you know, between the rock and stone cold. Are you kidding me? That alone, just the name value, will completely sell it out. Because right now, they already have over 100,000 tickets sold for this event. And so, there's not even a card. There's That's not even a card. Great. And a lot of things, a lot of it is speculation because of The Rock coming back. Man, that would be a bummer if he doesn't come back. Uh, for Speaking this of speculation, did you hear the rumor match for Bray Wyatt for Survivor Series? Yeah, I think it's kind of looking like it's not a rumor. It's going to be L.A. Knight. They had that backstage promo with each other, which, man, I thought L.A. Knight, man, he stood his ground, and he um, he looked like he was not backing down from Bray Wyatt at all. But are you excited about this? Because it's like, I mean, L.A. Knight is, is a decent superstar, but I was hoping Bray Wyatt come back like, somebody that maybe had history with that you could um, go from the story of him, you know, whether it, I mean, I, I know it's not Randy Orton, you know, cause he's still not back, but just somebody that he's had, um, you know, beef with before to get him started. But maybe this thing with LA Knight is going to uh, bring more into light of the white six or, Uncle Howdy. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out the angle why LA Knight would be his first opponent. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm just trying to conjure that in my head of like, yeah, why LA Knight? Um, hopefully there's some rationale behind that and they just didn't throw them together. Especially when LA Knight just took off away from the, the model crew and, you know, Bray's coming back and man, it's a bad, it's, it's a bad pairing in a sense because I feel like LA Knight again. I mean, you got to pair people up with somebody eventually, right? And it's one of those things where um, you damn if you do, damned if you don't. But I feel like LA Knight needs a little push and separating himself, being an individual, getting the wins. But also, you have Bray. So um, it keeps people interested for sure to watch the match and tune in and see what transpires from it. We'll have to see what goes down at Survivor Series if that is for sure going to be a match on the card. So we'll have to see. 
Yeah, and definitely, I don't want to bring down the mood, but uh, today is the 17th anniversary of the late Eddie Guerrero passing away. And man, Eddie, what he meant to this business, I mean, what he did. And even though I'm not a big fan of hers, um, he made the boss, Sasha Banks, want to become a wrestler. And it just shows how Eddie's influence to the business um, was a, a big impact and how he's just still beloved. It, it kind of reminds me, and I don't know if some listeners will get upset that uh, for us as professional wrestlers, um, Eddie Guerrero, in the sense, is like how Corpus Christi and some Texans uh, view Selena. Like yeah. Eddie Guerrero, um, you always talk about him. Um, many live events, even on Monday night, even with Dominic, Ray Mysterio, all over it. Like it always seems that Eddie always gets paid tribute on, on, on a weekly uh, basis on WWE, whether it's the Frog Splash, the Three Amigos, and it just shows how. We'll never forget him and what he meant to this uh, great business that we love to watch. Yeah, completely agree. That's a good uh, comparison with Selena and Eddie Guerrero. Cause of course we know Eddie Guerrero is from Texas too, El Paso specifically and such a rich family history over there with the Guerreros and uh, Eddie, uh, man, unbelievable former, just loved his stuff with uh, China and Latino heat, uh, the radicals when him and Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, of course they all came in too in the early 2000s. Um, but it's amazing to see how his career from WCW translated into WWE. Again, a small guy. He bulked up. Vince McMahon put the strap on him at Mania with him and Ben Wall going at it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Eddie Guerrero, it's kind of nice. And speaking of Sasha Banks and just kind of spinning off of that because you brought her up, uh, there is definitely – Things are kind of ramping up online about her going into AEW. Do we see Sasha Banks? And um, I say that she doesn't, but I think she's kind of seems like she's kind of happy uh, away from wrestling right now. But uh, there's definitely rumors about her going into AEW. I think it would be a bad move for her, to be honest. Hopefully she doesn't, but hopefully, man, maybe she's got some piece of what she's doing now. If anything, come back to the WWE um, because she definitely was a good wrestler. You have to give her that. And one of the definitely top performers in the in the women's division, uh, for well, sure. Did you see her latest post? She said something big's going to happen in the next few weeks. But yeah, is isn't um isn't um Survivor Series in Boston? It is. She's Boston. gonna she's gonna debut. That's that's the news. I'm breaking it here. If nobody's breaking it, that's the news. Why, why Boston? Why Boston? Uh, did you ask specifically? Is it in Boston? Is there something that's tied to her name with Boston or are you just kind of thinking? Um, I'm just uh, thinking, I mean, um, isn't she from that area or not? But I, I'm just thinking with the next live event, if you're going to have a women's war games, what better way to still have buzz because um, you do have damage control and have they already uh, filled the spots for team Bel Air? No, I hadn't seen any of that, but she's from Cali. But oh, she's from Cali. I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we'll have to see. Hey, speaking of debuts, and I don't want to jump off the subject, but just because you, man, when are we going to see woo Charlotte back? I mean, I'm itching for her to come back. I don't know, but um, I I thought she was at the 
UT uh, game last night against TCU because I'm just sitting there and then I just hear her music come on and I just went, whoa! And I was like, where's Charlotte? Where's Charlotte? I bet and you get excited. I did get excited because I was like, is she here? Is that why she hasn't been on WWE TV? Because she was trying to go to Austin to catch a, a football game with the Texas Longhorns, but it got me so excited. But ah. Uh, She's doing good. I, I heard on Ric Flair's podcast the other day that mentally she's fine. She's physically fine. Um, I think it's just between her and the company on when she comes back. And um, you know where that. she comes back. Well, well hey, be there. Well, was, well, the the Rumble in San Antonio. Love to see that. In fact, I hope that happens, and I hope she wins it. I think you know I'm going to book that too because you you bring that up. She wins it, and I want to see. Probably going to be the most athletic match we've ever seen at Mania 39 between Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. These are two legitimate Division I NCAA athletes. Of course, Charlotte with volleyball and Bianca Belair with track. I think it would be one heck of a match between the two. You shocked me. I thought you were going to say the baddest woman on the planet, even though Charlotte's done with her before. But uh, yeah, yeah, I could see... uh, well, you need a baby um, face in the hill, and and of course Charlotte was playing the hill. I, I you can't do the 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 double hill, t- you know. You could, but it just doesn't make sense. But I I would love to see that match, Bianca Belair and Charlotte, because man, her matches with Sasha were money, and I think Bianca Belair just has a little bit more athletic athleticism than Sasha. Obviously, I would love to see that match. I, I think we're going to get that match at Mania. That that's what I'm booking. He's booking it. He's booking I'm it. Booking for- it. <laughs> All right. I, I I would be okay with that match. Uh, but yes, I think Charlotte Flair, uh, the greatest woman wrestler of all times, that would wipe the floor with Kenny Omega without even breaking a sweat, um, is coming back at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Kenny Omega? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dig at him because Charlotte Flair is the greatest. That's Woo! Right. Woo! But we'll have to see how that goes. And, yeah, we're excited about that. We'll have coverage down there, of course, at uh, the Rumble in San Antonio. Of course, uh, myself and Family Dave will be down there um, in January at the end of the month. And, uh, of course, as we know, that really kicks off things for Mania because, obviously, we get winners for that. Hey, one thing before we jump off today, and we talked about it, and I had a question to you. We hadn't talked about it and off the, off the uh, podcast recording um, through text in a while, but Austin Theory. Fanboy Dave, what is going on with him? You know, I, the question was, hey, do you think they're going to bury him? He's not a Triple H boy. He's Vince McMahon. This really sucks for Austin Theory because not only you won the money in the bank contract, which typically you go after a world title and not the United States title. I don't get this booking at all. I, to me, it's a bury um, for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's at him directly. I don't think it is by any means. But, dude, what in the world? You go after the 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 United States title against Seth Rollins, and you lose. It's just frustrating for his character to have to go through that after so much buildup. But we see this before. You know, someone gets a push and it just doesn't work out, and back to the end of the line. Uh, thoughts on Austin Theory? Yeah, I was a little disappointed um, in that, um, how they booked him. 
um, because um, again, yes, everybody knows he was um, Vince McMahon's handpicked to possibly the next John Cena. And that's not to say that that's still um, not a possibility, but remember how we had talked in one of our, our podcasts that I said that, you know, all right, kid, Triple H is going to be like, well, what do you got? We're going to put you through the ringer, through the fire. And are you going to, you know, rise above the ashes? Or are you just going to be like, oh, my push or this. And now I'm mad. And now I don't want to do business. And basically, you know, just hurt himself. Um, one thing I can note from this that gave me uh, some hope. I don't know if you saw Theory's tweet, like after he had um, lost the match or maybe it was a few hours and he basically is like, I'll do this all day. So basically meaning that like, sounds like he's going to go back and do the grind and, you know, basically pay his dues and show Triple H and the regime that like when Vince did pick him, Vince knew what he was doing and that he is going to be everything that Vince McMahon said that he was going to be. Uh, so does it derail it a little bit? Maybe, but again, I think Triple H is just putting it all on Theory's shoulders and be like, all right, kid, what do you got? You have adversity? Show me that you're going to uh, make me a believer in why Vince handpicked you. Yeah, well, that's a very good, interesting point there. I, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Theory. I think a lot of times people got to earn it and Triple H is not going to play favorites. It's best for business mentality and uh, who's putting in work and time. And, and I don't think Austin Theory is definitely slacking off whatsoever. Hopefully he'll, he'll bounce on track. I just, I just didn't like the uh, creative and uh, the booking for him. He's just in a bad spot. I think yeah. at the end of the day, he's just in a, he was just in a bad timing, bad spot, uh, you know, with the transition of the company. So speaking of creative, uh, let's get your thoughts before we get off. But are you buying this modern day wrestling god with uh, Baron Corbin and JBL's mouthpiece? <laughs> you know what? JBL's been been good on the mics. Like like he never left the company. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm buying into it a little bit here. I I, I like Baron Corbin. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of JBL, but I respect of what he was able to accomplish. Of course, I like Farouk a lot, and of course, with the tag team uh, of the APA. Um, and then, of course, JBL, you know, Farouk lost JBL. Um, he lost his job on SmackDown. I remember Teddy Long had to fire him, but JBL went on to be the JBL we know today. Um, yeah, man, we'll see where it goes uh, from here. Um, definitely an interesting pairing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, I didn't get your thoughts on, but is the 24 7 championship retired as you saw nikki oh it's done on the done. WWE, on the wwe website if you look at it it says uh where you go to the titles it's in the archives now it said from 2019 to 2022 it's done they're done with it well it's good to know that our truth is the longest reigning wwe champion holder of all time even though it was a 24 7 title but they should just give him that belt and leave it retired. I think it was a good move by Triple H. I mean, yeah, I got the gimmick, you know, and yes. But I think all in all, Truth was the best champion because that was his baby. You know, the 
I nine, whatever European, whatever he said that long line. Seven eleven, twenty four eleven. Yeah, I mean Champion. that's his title. Give him his title. Take it out, even though Nikki missed the trash can. Take it out and go give it to our truth and say, "Here's your baby," and you and little Jimmy can uh, celebrate um, with your child idol, John Cena. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I like this. I like that we've been seeing Truth on TV because again, he's kind of like a, a Sami Zayn, brings some fun to the show, and he's obviously athletic and he's much a little older, obviously. But um, and you brought John Cena. Uh, do we see John Cena and our Truth potentially being a tag team at Mania? Because that would be kind of fun because you know how much our Truth idolizes John Cena, and if John Cena comes back. Um, that'd be kind of fun to see it fulfilled there where both of them are in the ring together, not against each other, but together. Um, I just throwing that out there. Uh, kind of fun to think about. And they both could do a five knuckle shuffle. So now Kevin's booking the rock stone cold and John Cena for WrestleMania 39. It kind of makes me like, dang, why did we get our tickets? Yeah, no kidding, man. But we'll see uh, who knows. The company might send us some uh, tickets for us. So. Fanboy Dave, man, this this wraps things up for episode 20 on Brothers of Discussion. And we're going to be cruising along. And we can't wait to get back with y'all next week as we record episode 21. Going on to 21. And for episode 20, you know what we got to say. See, See ya! ya!